0: namaste i'm reverend wendy craig purcell here at the unity center in beautiful san diego thank you so much for subscribing to this channel please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website it's really easy to do and thank you in advance for that support it does make a difference so thanksgiving is probably if not my favorite holiday, it's got to be my second favorite holiday. And to me, Thanksgiving is all about being with the people that you love and finding ways to express your love to them. And when I think about Thanksgiving, I think about gratitude in action, that it's not just the words, it's how we show up. Gratitude in action. We have members now because our broadcast is all around the world, like all churches, really, and faith communities that are hybrid now and live streaming their services. We have congregants all over the world. And I've heard from some of them wishing me and wishing our community a happy Thanksgiving, but also sharing with me that in their countries, they may not celebrate Thanksgiving. And I found myself as I've responded to those who are in our community but not in our country those who do not celebrate Thanksgiving in their country saying, but you know what? One of the things that I'm so thankful for through this pandemic is that we've gotten to expand who we reach out to, and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for them. Gratitude in action. Unity is such a practical approach to spirituality. That's one of the things that I find very appealing to it, about it. It's important to me that we pull from all the world's spiritual traditions and religions and and really seek to look at what is at the heart of them um, and to respect that. But the practicality of unity is what I think really, really hooked me. I remember my very first experience sitting in a unity church in the the 70s with my grandmother. It was then called Christ Church Unity on Altadena here in San Diego and Reverend Robert Stevens was a minister, and he happened to be giving a lesson. I'm not sure what the lesson was on any longer. It was a long time ago, but he was quoting from Maxwell Maltz's best-selling book, best-selling at the time, Psycho-Cybernetics. Some of you are nodding. Well, I was reading that book, and I thought to myself, well, wow, even though this church looks like a church, My grandmother promised me it didn't feel like a church. But even though at that time it looked like a church and the choir was in robes and Robert Stevens was in a robe and high up in like a pulpit thing, and there was a big cross behind him, he was taking a quote from Maxwell Maltz's book, Psycho-Cybernetics. And I thought to myself, wow, that's practical. That's not just like Genesis. That's today. That's today. There's some practical Wisdom, and and when I started going regularly, every single Sunday was like that for me. There was something that was said that I could actually take and I could use. You know, Unity has five core teachings, five core principles, and our third principle is the idea that we co-create our life experience, that our greatest power is our power or our choice of free will. And that through the exercise of our free will, of what we choose to think and how we choose to feel and and what we choose to decide to do, that we create our lives, that we are architects of our lives, that we are all self-made men and women. And some of us look and say, well, I like how I've made myself. I like the life that I've made. And and others maybe not so. But through the practicality of these teachings, we can literally transform our lives. And as we individually transform our lives, we can be a beneficial presence, a positive influence to the people that live with us, the people that we work with, the people we casually have conversations with. We can plant seeds of wisdom and seeds of truth and be about not only our own growth and transformation, but we can also help usher in and inspire growth and transformation for others. The single greatest thing you can do to change your life today, Oprah said, would be to start being grateful for what you have right now. It is a way for us to remake ourselves, to create an even better, more purposeful, more meaningful life for ourselves, being grateful for who we are, what we are, what we have right now. And that it's not just enough to think it, we need to speak it and we need to act upon it. And so I was thinking about, well, what does gratitude in action look like? What does gratitude in action look like? And so I wanna share several areas in our lives where I think we can put gratitude in action. And the first is this, that putting gratitude in action in our relationships, that we do it by affirming the good in one another. We put gratitude in action in our relationships when we affirm the good in each other. Some people have gotten really, really, really good, very well practiced at being critical. Do you know any people like that? very well practice it, being critical or being, being negative. We can just as easily, if we choose to, practice being uplifting, being affirming, choosing to look for and see the good in the other and call that forth. It's no good to look for the good, to see it, but not to affirm it and to speak it. And I know that for some people it becomes, it's much easier to express appreciation and to express gratitude, to identify and notice the good in another and to give words to it. Some people struggle with that. But just because we struggle with it doesn't mean it's not something we should stretch into. Because it is. To look for the good in another and to actually identify it, and to talk about it, you know, around the Thanksgiving table today, not just today, or not today, but I'm, I'm already preparing mine, not just today, but when we sit down at the Thanksgiving table, to not just talk more broadly about what we're thankful for, but to speak about the good in one another, and to call that forward. You know, one of the things that I don't know if privilege is the right word here, but ministers and faith leaders are with people at some of the most beautiful and some of the most painful and difficult times in life. And certainly faith leaders are with people at the moment of death and in memorial services. And I cannot tell you how many times I have officiated at a memorial service and people come up and they speak about the person who has passed. And so often they will say things that they said they never took the time to say to the other while the other was alive. We don't ever want to die with an unspoken love or kindness in our hearts, an unspoken appreciation of another. So gratitude and action in our relationships is about expressing it, finding the good and and talking to the other person about it. And if you've been withholding. So a question for yourself, if you've been holding some praise, some good about your spouse, your child, your, your ex even, can you speak it to them? Will you speak, speak it to them? Putting gratitude in action with each other by valuing our individuality. Have you noticed that we're not all the same? Have you noticed that we show up differently in life? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed we don't all drive the same? Have you noticed that we don't all think the same? Have you noticed that we don't all choose the same, right? I notice in myself when I get frustrated driving, it's usually because the other person isn't driving the way I think they should be driving, which is like, I'm driving. Am I the only one that does that? Maybe, maybe not. We're different. We're different. We're different. And one of the ways that gratitude and action can show up is that we honor and acknowledge our uniqueness, that we don't keep trying to make the other over to be just like us. I've said it many times before. I truly think it would be a very, very, very dull and boring world if I woke up tomorrow morning and everybody thought exactly the way I do. And the same, I think, would be true for you. If you're really honest with yourself, if every single person woke up tomorrow morning exactly like you, it would be pretty boring. So why do we try to make each other over? Can we instead look at and celebrate one another's uniqueness, one another's individuality, one another's life-lived experience, one of the greatest places of personal growth I've experienced over the last recent years is in my work in racial equity work, in my sitting down with my black members, our black members, and saying, will you tell me about your lived experience? And not assuming, as I had unconsciously, that my lived experience is like their lived experience, because heck, we're in the same teaching, we're in the same community, so we're probably the same and to realize, wow, there's so much I didn't know I didn't know. And to not be afraid of that. To not be afraid of that. To put our gratitude in action by being teachable, by being vulnerable, by being open to the richness of the diversity of the human experience and to allow it to cause you to grow and to expand. Putting gratitude in action has to do with how we do our professional lives, how we do our work in the world. We should not be separating our spiritual practice from our work lives, from our business. The way we practice spiritually in this room ought to be the way we show up in our work as well. And to me, it can come down to some very basic things like fairness integrity, honesty. Jesus took God to the marketplace. Jesus said to, you know, when you give, give good measure, press down, shaken together, running over. That was an example for the merchants in his day, that they were not to cheat their customers by putting their thumbs or their hands on the scale when they were weighing grain or whatever commodity they were weighing. That instead they were to give in abundance, they were to give good measure, press down. How many of you have ever baked? And when you're baking, a lot of times you take the flour and you have to shake it and you want it to settle. pressed down, shaken together, running over. He was saying you're, to me, I believe he was saying, your spirituality, your consciousness must show up equally in the way you conduct your business, whatever that business is. It would be a very different world, I think, if we remembered that collectively. And if we really stretched to do that in the best possible way, Putting gratitude in action in our physical world has to do with how we show up in the lifestyles we live. And to me, that's directly related to how we think about this precious planet that we call our home. I like this quote. The planet is not a motel or a pit stop. It's our home. If you think about it, most of us, no matter how grand or humble our homes are, We treat them with respect, right? We want it to be a lovely place, a nice place, a safe place, as lovely and nice and safe as we can make it within our means. We want to care for it and we want to nurture it. How true is this of gratitude and action with regard to the way we treat this precious planet that we live on? I watch a little bit of the news every single day and one day this week, and I forget the two young women's names, but um, they were in um, the largest fuel port in the world in Australia, happens to be in Australia, and they were protesting some of the practices of the use of fossil fuel. And they put themselves literally out on the line to try to grab attention, to say, this is the planet that we, my generation, they were in their early 20s, my generation is inheriting. We have to find a different way of doing some of the things we've been doing. And whether you agree with that completely or not, or their approach completely or not, we cannot deny That the actions that we take every day and the way we choose to live our lives impacts not only us, but impacts life on the planet in a very broad sense. Gratitude in action, then, means that we are willing to step back and look and say, are the choices I'm making the best choices I can make, not only for myself, but for this planet? And as our... Native Americans used to practice before any major decision. They would ask of themselves, and how would this impact the seventh generation from us, our grandchildren's grandchildren? Boy, is that a long-term perspective, right? Is that not a way of saying, it's not just about me and my immediate needs, but how does how I live impact the rest of the world. Putting gratitude in action has to do with with how we give of our time and our talent and our treasure. We all, no matter how much more we might like to have, we all have something. And that something that we have of time, talent, and treasure can be leveraged. Some of it can and ought to be leveraged for the good of others as well. The poet Khalil Gibran, in the book The Prophet, wrote a chapter, of piece on giving, very inspiring words, and in that piece he says, to give is to live, to withhold is to perish. To give is to live, to withhold is to perish. It is a fundamental truth that we send a powerful message out to the universe when we give. The message we are sending out when we give is that we believe we have more than enough, that we have something that we can let go of and that we can share. Every farmer knows that if he consumes all that he harvests, he will have nothing left to plant for the following year, that some must be given back. So putting gratitude in action by giving generously of some of our time, our talent, our treasure. Putting gratitude in action in our success and achievements. How do we do that? How do we put gratitude in action in our success, in our achievements? I think one of the ways that we do is through humility. The Anti-Racism Institute which has been birthed out of the Unity Center over this summer, attempt, not attempted, we actually did apply for a Templeton Foundation grant. We did not receive it, but we applied for it, and we applied under, there are certain categories you apply under, and ours fit best under the category of intellectual humility because all of the work that we have been doing since 2017 really is about being humble, being teachable, being open, especially as white people, to what we didn't know we didn't know, with no judgment, with no shame, with no blame, but with a sincere inquiry of humility, of intellectual humility. None of us has achieved what we have achieved in our lives all by ourselves which may sound contradictory to what I said in the beginning, that we are self-made. Yes, to a certain extent, we are self-made. But in our self-madeness, if there is such a thing, we still stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, those who either made the way smooth and easy for us by opening doors and teaching us and supporting us, encouraging us. And believe it or not, if we're in this teaching, even by those who threw stumbling blocks in our path, those that we might consider the sandpaper to our soul people because they helped us to build a greater capacity for faith and courage and strength and resilience. And so none of us stands alone in whatever we accomplish. I like the work of Carl Sagan. I used to watch his programs years, years ago. And I don't know if this was in one of his programs, but I I made note of it. And it was the idea of this, that there's no such thing as doing anything from scratch. He said, there's no such thing as making an apple pie from scratch. In order to make anything from scratch, you'd have to first create the entire universe. And think about that. You know, and, and I'm about to make an apple pie because for my daughter it's not Thanksgiving without apple pie a la mode, right? So, you know, making the apple pie this week, thinking I'm making it from scratch, making the dough from scratch. We made the ice cream from scratch. We churned the ice cream last But did we make it from scratch? No, we didn't make it from scratch. Carl Sagan's absolutely right. You'd have to create the entire universe, Right. It's a way, I think, remembering things like that is a way to keep us a little more supple, hopefully a little more intellectually humble, a little more vulnerable that, yeah, I can take a certain amount of pride in what I've accomplished. You can take pride in what you've accomplished. But make sure that there's a gratitude there and the recognition there that we didn't do it alone. We didn't do it alone. And it's, imp- it's important that we remember that. It's what Brene, part of what I think Brene Brown was getting at when she said, what separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. And then the very last idea is putting gratitude in action on the spiritual path is about service with no strings attached. About service with no strings attached. Some of you in this room are old enough to remember the comedian Red Skelton. And there's a story about him at a university ready to give a a speech. And a college student approached him and said to him that, it was a religious college, and the, the student said to Red Skelton, I'm having trouble, trouble finding God. And Red Skelton said to him, well, the reason that you're having trouble finding God is the same reason that a thief can't find a policeman. You're not looking for them. And he said, here's what you do. Go home today and write on your bathroom mirror the word good, G-O-O-D. And every morning look at that word. Look at that word in the morning, then go out in the day and do one thing for someone. One thing. Thing for someone who cannot pay you back and do it with no strings attached. And then when you come home at the end of the day, you can wipe out that O, that nothing, and you will have God. A simple, quaint little idea, but I think there's precious wisdom in that. Precious wisdom in that. I think God, whether you call that Force for good, the all that is all, the one, what, the universe, whatever you call that, that we find that we experience that in relationship to how we get beyond ourselves in service to each other. Train yourself, Albert Schweitzer said, never to put off the word or the action for the expression of gratitude. Namaste.